Can you hear me this time? Yes, I can hear you. All right. And that's we also that's this is also gonna be the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> so we're not old, we're just out of date, man. That sounds like something someone would say to justify eating old food. It's not old, it's just out of date. So my grandmother used to say when she gave me this stuff in the back of her cabinet. I don't know if you had family members <laughs> like that, but I would get like, they would give us crates of food and everything was expired. And they'd be like, oh, it's not old, it's just out of date. And that means it's old. <laughs> I've been, I've met a lot of people who eat expired food recently, not recently, but like in my lifetime. And it seems to be like a, like some kind of remnant of like, if they have a family member who was in like the great depression or something, it's always something so grim that I, I've learned not to point it out and just eat the expired beans and shut up. I mean, that makes sense. But also there are certain things like, like if the cereal is expired but it's not stale, I would still eat it. Yeah. If like milk is expired, obviously I'm not gonna drink that. Yeah, I'm okay. So I did this thing which doesn't make sense, but I recently smelt some milk that was like close to its expiry mm. date. And it's weird that you can smell it becoming not drinkable. Yeah. And the worse is now you're going to struggle with milk because every time you check it or open it, you're going to check to make sure and you're still going to feel like it's spoiled even if it's not. Why? Why am I going to feel this? Why are you saying it? like it's... Because that happened to me before. <laughs> I had like expired milk that I poured into my cereal without realizing it, took a bite and then realized it was bad and then I couldn't drink milk for like two months. <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. expired milk is always really bad um i we didn't do any kind of intro but i think this is going to be episode three because i'm editing a very strange episode two right now so uh i'm okay by the way okay i'm heather and or hater however you want to say my name um podcast listeners and this is drew what's up that was our two it took us two minutes and 44 seconds to get to that so i think hey, you know what we had to talk about the hot pressing topics like spoiled milk yes we, we really like yes this is what i think this is what spotify paid joe rogan for to spoil milk chat maybe we can the big bucks yes maybe we can also get 900 million trillion simoleons working our way towards it yes whatever currency there i saw okay i saw the weirdest thing there was this guy uh who was a remote viewer for the government at one point like at some point in the 70s the government hired him for some strange contract to remote view stuff in russia but and he was on this interview and he and this was in 2017 and he said, within two years, the dollar is going to be replaced. Was that a concrete podcast? Uh, no, I don't. Wait, what? I didn't hear oh, there's a There's a podcast called Concrete, and I'm pretty sure I just listened to one that was similar to that the other day. No, 
because I I heard that I've heard that podcast and it's pretty good. I wasn't sure. I think I heard a Bigfoot episode, but I I couldn't tell if they were making fun of it or serious about it. But I don't know how I feel about it. Do they have a Bigfoot episode? Uh, I I literally just started listening to them, and I've only listened to like maybe four or five different ones. I might be wrong. I don't know. I, according to Xander, I'm wrong about everything. So, hey, kids, no best. This morning, okay, <laughs> this morning, literally, he he couldn't find his headphones that he put in his own bag. Yeah. And it was the apocalypse. I'm. I believe it. A parenting is. I think I'm gonna buy him uh, a Nerf bat to hit me with. <laughs> so then he can just like instead of talking and verbalizing and things getting complicated, we can just beat each other with those bats. That's it. Or just Nerf guns. You can have a war. Yeah, but it seems like Nerf guns. People will say stuff, and then someone will say I'm promoting gun violence. Oh no, I brought up gun violence. Why do I do this? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to talk about anything nice. <laughs> I can't. We were, kids, our parents gave us BB guns and kicked us out of the house. Yeah, I had so many BB guns. Oh no. Okay, once this... we I think it was... Okay. This is... This is gonna be... A confusing story, okay? But once in Pakistan, because it's normal for there to be like a nanny to take care of kids that isn't like a professional nanny. It's usually just like a random person who just right. needs a job. Is it just like a lady in the neighborhood that just is known to do that? Yes, but it's not even a lady in the neighborhood. It's like a complete stranger usually. But, yeah. and they're like, but anyway, there was once someone when I was a kid who allegedly shot me with a BB gun by accident and in the leg. So then I decided to get her back by shooting her with a BB gun in the butt once a week for six weeks. And I feel like I'm confessing this on the podcast, but she shot me first and I was a child. I mean, it seems pretty reasonable to me. <laughs> I, and, but it, it was so crazy because I don't think it's normal. I don't think my parents know. I, mean, I feel well, like I should, they found, they'll find out now, but it was yeah, really gonna know. There was a lot of like BB gun violence in my childhood. Cause there were kids yeah. who would have BB gun fights like like nerf like nerf wars but with bb guns with no eye protection or anything oh yeah that's I mean, when you're a kid you don't care about anything you don't fear anything yeah how are you alive how are we alive i don't know we used to make um me and my brother my dad worked for the energy drink company red bull and they used to have, for a short period of time, they did like a test run of Red Bull energy shots. And it was just like basically a red line uh, bottle. It was just a little plastic tube. And we okay. would just fill it with powder from different fireworks that we had left over from 4th of July and just stick a fuse in it. 
and just throw them around everywhere. And the amount of times that I had those blow up like two or three feet away from me and just walked away from it, I mm. couldn't even count. <laughs> I'm not I feel like Xander is going to ask me if we can do this immediately. <laughs> what? Wait, why did you have firework powder? Where was this coming from? Why were there? I well, guess it was. For, for 4th of July, at, well, in Massachusetts, you can't buy fireworks, but everyone drives up to like the New Hampshire line and they have, that's where they sell like cheaper cigarettes, alcohol, and fireworks. And we would just buy them from New Hampshire and drive them back home for holidays. So, like, whatever was left over, we would just scavenge and get as much of the powder as we could and just fill these little containers and make these. <laughs> they weren't even, like, fireworks. They just exploded. <laughs> this, I feel like this is not the direction that I expected this podcast to take. But, but we've gone from spoiled milk to explosives. It's really, like, I feel like it makes sense to me now. I get it. It's all coming full circle. Yes. Also, I said Massachusetts. How? How? I said Massachusetts very weirdly today, and then I was I was made fun of. So, how do you say it? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, I, I I think I said Massachusetts with a T T. Yeah. Yeah. Some people call it Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Whatever you want to call it. Such a strange name. It is. What does it mean? Uh, I have no idea. I've always you... guessed that it was just like, uh, like <laughs> what it was before from the Native Americans. I don't know. I am extremely uncultured. <laughs> That's why I was hoping to ask you if we're going to do this about uh, what it was like in Pakistan for you growing up because I am the most uncultured of Americans. Well, I feel like the, the way you're saying it over and over again, uh, I feel like I, you're not the most uncultured of Americans <laughs> since you phrased it that way. But I don't know. It was pretty nice growing up. There was like the occasional madness. Uh, I think... It was different for me than most people and my sister because my parents are pretty unique. So it was, it was an interesting upbringing. But just just a, a slight diversion. It says, you are correct. It's an Algonquin Indian word, which roughly translates to large hill place. A large hill place. Wow. Yes. I never would have. I never would have thought that. That doesn't even. Makes sense, really. I don't know nah. why we have a large hill. <laughs> Maybe it's hidden. Maybe it's a conspiracy. They blew up the large hill, so you don't know. Well, there is, like, mountains up past... Cause I live north of Boston now. And there is, like, some mountain areas up north, like, going into New Hampshire and stuff. And I'm honestly, like never really left the east coast of massachusetts so i have no idea what it's like on the west coast or central mass at all i feel like for some reason there's a there's no reason you shouldn't have gone because obviously you you travel so i feel like when you do it's gonna be like some kind of i don't know i love saying vision quests so i'm saying it again vision <laughs> quests but um 
Wait, I was gonna. I feel okay. This is not. I'm not saying anything. I heard another podcast that was. It's like extremely popular, and it's about. It's this guy who writes books where he translates the. I don't know how to say the Egyptian god T H O T H. I think it's like thought or thought toth. I don't know toth. So I don't know, but it's T H O T or T H O T H. I wish I had like a like podcast assistant. I wish one of the dogs here could look up something. <laughs> uh, okay, but anyway, this guy translates the emerald tablets and then he has a huge following where he gives people financial advice and at first i thought i was listening to it out of like i wasn't making fun of him but i I thought it was like tongue-in-cheek like this like people are following it but they're not actually taking the financial advice but then it turns out that his company is going public so so they're going to be publicly traded on the stock market. And then I start looking more into it. And then it's all about, and he's all about doing magic. And about, he's like a reincarnation of an ancient being. And I don't know, would saying the guy's name, because I feel like this obviously made it obvious and someone could look it up, but would saying his name be like bad? Um, Is that I mean, like... Well, first of all, hold on. It's Tauk, like T H O W T H. I had to look it up. Okay. Look, you're talking about the guy from the podcast? Yes, there's this man who is, it's not just a podcast, it's a whole, I can't explain it, but you know when you fall into a rabbit hole? Yeah, it's basically. I was it's, just there. I was watching the. I was down a rabbit hole. Of that guy who throws plungers on Verizon signs. <laughs> Anyways, what? A guy. What did you just say? This guy throws toilet plungers on the highest signs you can possibly find, and I just watched <laughs> that for about forty-five minutes before this. <laughs> I'm. I'm glad that I'm the follow-up, and that recording this podcast <laughs> is your follow-up. But okay, so I just found the thing. I'm where still I still haven't said the name because I don't know how I feel about like if I'm. I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just fascinated that this is a thing because it seems very like. Idiot mysticish, but so the company, is like using this ancient. Uh, okay, so basically they're crowdfunding. And they're going public, and they—it's the minimum investment is two hundred and forty-nine dollars, and the amount already committed is three million. That's how much he's made already. Yes, they already have three million in funding, and four thousand nine hundred investors, and it's like, I feel—I'm not saying this man's actually doing magic or communicating with with ancient egyptian gods but something's going on something strange is so that's what he's saying he's doing is communicating with ancient egyptian dude dude i he's i feel like i'm about to blow your mind okay i'm gonna just say it 
because this is just like a fascinating person to me. His name is Billy Carson. It says he achieved a certification from MIT for neuroscience. And yes, so he's an MIT graduate in neuroscience. So it's not really like a random guy. I guess he is a random guy, but he has at least some level of traditional education, which us, us lowly, us serves don't have. But uh, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. And his company is called Forbidden Knowledge. Okay. I just found him on LinkedIn. I'm going to dive into this guy. Dude, it's mind-blowing. It's... I literally don't, I don't understand what's going on here. I, it's crazy. This guy has too much going on. He's an expert host on Deep Space, okay, streaming series. Secret Space Program, revealing extraordinary technologies and their potential origin, origins. Yes, he, he's an expert on a lot of things. All right, but what would be bad about it? Nothing's bad about it. I'm just, well, since this podcast is about mystic things and invisible things. Oh, oh no. Okay, okay. I have I to. You were saying that he was doing something wrong. Well, no, it doesn't seem like he's doing anything wrong. It seems. But you're confused why he's making all that money. Well, well, I'm just, con- no, not even that. I'm confused that if there's like, because. Well, it appears, okay, I guess it's about to get weird. So if this guy is, and all the people consuming his content believe in this unseen reality that's layered over ours, that influences things, and then the the Senate has documentation that they're releasing every day where they're like, yeah, we need to find out what these non-human UAPs are. We don't care about the human ones. I'm wondering if mainstream science and stuff is about to change because this doesn't make any sense. Like it just sounds insane. Like I sound like a crazy person, but I'm repeating what the, like the Senate is saying, what the Senate Intel committees and like the house and like politicians are talking about non-human intelligence. And then if you go on TikTok, which I don't know if you do, but sometimes I do a lot. I should stop saying that, but, um, yes, it seems like there's like a weird shift in what is accepted as like being any kind of reality, like consensus reality. Like, I don't even know anymore. I just don't know what to think. It seems very weird. I don't know. You know what it reminds me of? And this isn't like a, like an ideological or a mystical thing, but like the whole thing with, you know, Andrew Tate. Yes. That guy that's huge right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, like that is obviously a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but like so many people are buying into it and it's not like, it's just, it's so different and so many people are buying into it and it makes me wonder if there's like, if you can make money just making stuff up, what's going to happen in 
20 years when there's just all this yeah. information out there and like different ways that people are making money built on nothing. Yeah. I, no, go on. Sorry. I don't know. I just, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> no, it does seem weird. And like people are, a lot of people are saying, oh, the, because I was listening to like, I don't know what it was. I think it was like probably, probably some MMA guy. It was probably Brendan Schaub or one of the like, yeah. someone, someone a little, a little MMA, a little tactical, but nothing against Brendan Schaub. He's not too tactical, but he's a little tactical. <laughs> uh, he, he's friends with all the tactical guys. Um, but uh, people were saying like, oh, Andrew Tate, it got canceled for no reason. Uh, the girl in the video that he was hurting, she, him and her had a consensual agreement. And in the videos where he was saying those opinions, he was playing a character. And it's like, it's fine. It's fi like, it, I don't know. It, I feel like it's all, uh, it's weird that there are people who are on his side. Obviously. I don't understand. I don't get how. Yeah, it's just can. But I think that's like a, and it's hard to talk about because people are like, oh well, you like it's the whole, it's the whole thing, right? It's the problem with those people who like think that that stuff is okay or that being like kind. I don't even. It's so hard to talk about without sounding self righteous well, because obviously we've said dumb things before. Right, but they've said it on other podcasts. What it is, is he has an audience of people who have nothing, who are broken, who, especially men who aren't, like, they don't feel strong enough, they feel inferior to their, you know, peers and everything. And he has money, he has all these girls surrounding him, so people are going to look at him like he has answers. And that's what it is. That's how people back him up, but... Yeah, that... It's you know. yeah, I it's such a it's so weird that even and it's it's weird to say this because maybe Xander listens to this sometime or like someone else or my parents and I'm because I've been like that like at some point I assumed that men with more women around them exuded success and it like in retrospect like it seems almost insane to think that. Like, like something has to go wrong with childhood development for a human to think that a person who's like engaging in like these like weird, not weird behaviors, but like, I don't even know what to call them. But in this like weird cycle is the example of like a good human being. It's weird to what gets us there. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just we make standards for like the things that our success in our minds and sometimes we think it's like girls and money and this and that but it's like i don't know when i go to work i work with these guys who are my age or older than me and the only thing they want to do is go to clubs and have sex with all these women and like it's like dude i have one girlfriend and that's enough and then imagine going out to a club and cheating on her and having to deal with that. Hey. And hey. come like it's I don't understand like what the appeal is. So I don't know. I'm fine with hey. making the money I make and you know. 
It yes, <laughs> but but I think it's okay. What's the? Has there been a time in your life where you weren't this sensible sounding? Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like the thing that gets us to that point before we get to the sensible point, if there was like, I'm hoping Xander doesn't have to go crazy to feel okay. Like I'm hoping with my own child, I don't have to like, I can be like, yeah, you don't have to go fully nuts. You can just go kind of crazy. There's no need to get I feel like the escalation nowadays is like and you get so dark so quickly. Yeah. Like like within a within a matter of days, like things can go from like, oh yeah, that was a nor uh, like functioning person and then then like within weeks the like you're crippled because of the way the pace of society, I guess. Yeah. But I think that Xander will be fine. From what I see, it's like, I mean, my childhood wasn't like a bad childhood, but the way I see you with Xander is like, you appreciate the things that he's into. You let him do the things that he wants to do. Like when I grew up, it was anything that I wanted to do was like a no go for me. And it wasn't even like anything bad, like just to go out and hang out with my friends or whatever. Like I got grounded my parents never really were like physical or hit me or anything but it was always like there was a punishment for everything i don't know like how it really is in your home but like from what i see through what you post and everything it's like you have a great relationship with your son i didn't have that so i rebelled and that took me down the bad road and then eventually i had to build myself back up and gain confidence and start working jobs and i had to learn how to live after failing miserably at life and my late deeds yeah i was trying to take a deep breath because i was like oh my god it sounds like my life why is he <laughs> saying all these things but yeah it's, it's kind of weird because i i don't even know what i was gonna say because i got so caught up in what you were saying because it, it's rebelling sucks like i did it too like i was telling I, the only reason i fought ever like my fir first fight training the only reason was because i was signing up for classes in high school because like in pakistan it was like it's it was this school was for like the british education system so i was supposed to pick these subjects so then i could go to university there it was a whole thing but while we were picking subjects i was supposed to do computer science so i could like because i was a video game nerd the same as i am now and i was just like trying to do that for a living and in the moment i ended up having to take like biology chemistry and physics because my parents were like because they i'm not being racist because i'm a brown person they pulled a brown person card and they were like oh you should do this so you should be a doctor and it was kind of awkward because neither of them are doctors but i accepted it in the moment and then it set me off on this whole path of bizarre rebellion just because I didn't take computer science. And I ended up being a fighter, but I was just like a random fat kid. And then I somehow ended up in Thailand hating guys. And then I did that for most of my life. And it feels <laughs> insane at the end of it because like the idea that I had to ever hit people or even like a few months ago when I was working at the gym training people, 
when I had to say stupid stuff, like, oh, yeah, so if you really want to, like, hurt them, then you have to, like, and I felt so guilty saying it. Like, what a weird thing to teach people, like, not even to just protect yourself, but to, like, hurt someone extra. Like, because we want, we want to make money. We want to get the win. Like, what kind of weird sport? I don't know. It just, yeah. like, drove me kind of insane. Fighting has to be uh, a strange mental – there has to be a strange mental aspect to it I, that I'll never understand. Wait, like, have, you, have you ever had a crazy fight, like a street fight? I've never really been in a fight like that. Like, I've been in, like, little, like, you know, wrestling and stuff with your friends, but, like, I've never, like – actually been in a real fight where people were aiming to hurt each other like that i feel like that's a good thing because i'm starting to notice when i meet people who've been in street fights they like they first they act everything's cool but then after like you know seven eight hours into the weird hangout you're like hey i can tell you've been in some street fights because you're saying a lot of weird things now that you're comfortable and they loosen up. It's like I see why people can get into fights because it's like it's like a some people have that radar on where they're like it's acceptable to get into small scuffles. And I, I don't understand why like like there must be like either they must not care about living or dying, or they must live in a really safe neighborhood where you're only gonna fight people without guns and knives and it's just gonna be like a old timey fist fight one on one and then you can go home. Yeah, right. But that is so unrealistic now. <laughs> yeah, it seems so crazy. I don't know. How is like the area that you live? You live in Tempe? Dude, it's uh I used to call it Tempe. It's it's Tempe. Tempe. It's Tempe. Yeah. yeah, I I found out that Tempe is a food, so yeah okay. it's a, it's apparently a kind of tofu uh so yes people made a decent amount of fun of me but i felt fancy saying tempeh yeah it sounds better so, yeah <laughs> uh, it's kind of honestly it's near asu so it's not like it's supposed to be a nice-ish area but honestly and there's nothing bad about this but like the the fentanyl crisis locally is kind of driving it seems to be driving up like other various crises like unshelteredness i'm look trying up, to be right now look up mass at boston massachusetts okay i'm looking it up because this is, this is a yeah. podcast this is what massachusetts at least boston that one street is just this is what it is and it, it never used to be this bad and then like when i came back from florida and saw it and i had to drive through it i was like you can't drive through it because there's people in the middle of the road shooting up and it's it's just horrible oh crazy yeah there's a place extremely bad <laughs> oh yeah the place here that's like that is called the zone yeah <laughs> it's, like... it's, so, it's so sad that every city has something like that now that's so crazy. And it wasn't like that before COVID, right? Uh, here it was. Okay, so I feel like maybe I've had the benefit of not really being aware of like the tent city problem. Yeah. Until like now where it's... But it, I don't know, it's just so crazy that there's that many people 
Well, what's crazy is like it's always just that like you could be one street over and you would have no idea and then you go to that next street down that is the tent city and it's just like it's like the middle of a fentanyl war zone and then the next street over again there's nothing it, it's it's crazy how you can't like you can't okay. even tell from right next door i i think you know that thing my brain does where i can't uh not say something controversial it's doing that thing so now <laughs> since we're talking about fentanyl have you seen the show euphoria Ooh, heard of it but i haven't seen it okay Firstly, I'm going to need you to watch it. And secondly, let's just, they have a lot of fentanyl reference in that show. And honestly, it, when I used to work at the gas station, I saw, well, two people overdosed on fentanyl in the parking lot. And then there was a pregnant lady who was addicted to fentanyl, who we ended up getting picked up by the city. And then she ended up- you telling me a story about you tried to help someone and almost got in trouble for it. Was that her? Yes. Yes, exactly. And then, and then we ended up like getting the lady to live with her mom and she had the baby and she got off fentanyl. But like the weird thing is that like, when you see it, like when people talk about it, like even right now where sink fentanyl, like we let it roll off our tongue, but really it should be said like Voldemort's name. Like it's literally so like, it's, it's not really, I feel like it's not gotten as bad as it's going to get. Because once it like, well, it has gone bad enough that famous people are getting it. So, I mean. Yeah, and the sad part is it's like even people going out for a night, which I'm not saying Coke is like a good thing. But let's say you go out and do Coke once every six months and you fucking, you go out to have a good night and you get a batch of fentanyl on it and your whole, everyone you're with dies from from doing cocaine, which is like, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's somewhat socially acceptable. Like you shouldn't die from doing it once in a while. And it's sad Mm -hmm. that it's literally like, literally you could buy weed right now and it could have fentanyl on it. That's yes. I'm so excited that you said cocaine is a somewhat socially acceptable drug because I feel like that's going to trigger so many people. But it, it is mean, the, no, it's the truth, seemingly at least, and and I don't think that it like in its current form. Maybe it's the best like plant medicine, but in its originally used form, I feel like um, I don't know. Like I'm trying to look up the plant name. Yes, I found it. It's called. Okay, give me two seconds to get my mouth to say this. Erythroxyzylon coca. Erythroxyzylon coca? Coca leaf. But yes, like in South America, they used to eat the leaves and chew it, and they still chew it. And it ha- it's like, it's not a big deal. And it's, it's never been a big deal until it was like made into this other stuff. It's like the same as everything. It starts right, as a yeah. plant. At Sorry, the point go. when they were chewing it, they used it as like a, a thing to keep them kept up for hunting and stuff, right? Yes, I mean, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It says, well, it's it says the conquistadors at first 
when they when the Spanish arrived in South America, they banned coca as an evil agent of the devil. But after discovering that without coca, the locals were barely able to work, they legalized it and taxed the leaf. What is this? <laughs> oh my god. It's just like... And then it says that the natives, um, when they wish to make themselves... Well, I guess they uh, chewed tobacco and coca leaves together. Which, see, like, so in that context, I feel like it would be totally normal if you and I were chewing some leaves. But then in the context of if, like, a bunch of people are sitting around a table and we're snorting powder and watching Rick and Morty and then we all die because someone put fentanyl in it, I don't think that's what the universe made the plant for. No. But, I mean, I don't think fentanyl was designed to kill people either. And that's where it is now. This is true. But th- that's the thing I don't understand about fentanyl is... I know it's probably cheaper, but if you're killing the people who use it, how are you making money? That's what I don't get. Like, what's the point Dude. of even putting it in something? I know it's stronger and people build tolerance to it, to it so they can take it and they end up wanting it. But if it's killing the clients, what's the point of putting it in a drug? Dude, that's, I feel like, okay, I feel like we should definitely get into this deeply, but I honestly feel like it's the same as with the opioids, like when that, when the, when it became called an opioid crisis, like I was on tons of opioids after my back surgery prescribed from the doctors. And, and now at this point, when it's been a, like the crisis has happened and all of that. It, it seems like still people are being prescribed opioids and there's no like real end to it in sight. There is no alternative pain relief. There's no sudden new medication. So it does seem like they just don't care. Like from what I can, from my limited understanding. Oh, well, from a, from like a government and medical perspective, I know that they don't care because I know plenty of people who are on methadone that want to get off and the state won't let them get off because they want to keep making money off of them. Yeah, dude, that's sad. It like, it makes me feel like, I feel like even like, like there's probably thousands of people that could say what you just said, because no one wants to be like, of course, everyone wants to feel good, which is why, like drug use starts in the first place anyway. Like it's like, uh, no one's doing drugs to feel worse. I guess maybe right. some people are, never mind. But you know, most generally, but it seems like the people who like the methadone clinics, cause like even when I'm driving Lyft, I pick up people from methadone clinics all the time. And you can tell that it's not a workable solution. Like it's not yeah, working it, it, out. It doesn't. And it's, and it's a huge impediment on your life especially when you have to go to the clinic every single day like imagine having to if you had a, a nine to five job and you're gonna wake up every day at seven or whatever to go to the clinic and that's just another two hours added to your day of going to a place to feel good so you can go to work like yeah that's insane i mean it's better than having to rob your grandmother to get 10 bucks to give to Steve so Steve can give 10 bucks to Jimmy so he can send you a packet of whatever. But, I you know, shouldn't have laughed at so. that. 
that was just a quick story but i'm i'm going to just in case someone listening doesn't know methadone is a synthetic opioid agonist used for chronic pain and also for opioid dependence so they give it to people who to treat addiction to heroin and other opioids and in america they have these things called methadone clinics where i guess people take it it's like it's a pill right i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I've only heard of it in like liquid form, like it's like uh, like Nyquil. Okay, well, I guess it's Nyquil, but uh, there might be pills. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, let's not and like no, a bottle. Yeah, I've the only I thought it was some I didn't know, but at the this is such a crazy conversation because when I worked at the the gas station, I had to like give someone a Narcan injection. Is that what it's oh, called? Jesus. Yeah. And was it was a nasal one or did you have to shoot him up? No, I had to give him the injection. And oh, it was Jesus. and I was so bad at it. Like obviously I could tell I did not do it correctly. Yeah. Um, but it's just weird because learning about all these things, I never thought I would know about them. So like when I was when I was maybe in my early twenties, if someone talked about um like heroin or something like that i would kind of think like oh maybe I, I shouldn't be near this person because they're aware of something that's uh like you know that's like like a weird substance like oh they know about hard drugs maybe they do that maybe this person and then i didn't realize that this knowledge is so important to have because it's happening all around you yeah yeah and then there's people who you might like, you know, there could be a guy that comes in to when you're at the gas station or a guy you pick up at Uber that you see every day that you think is completely functional. You would never guess it, but for some reason, like, I don't know, it affects everyone differently. So there could be some guy that's completely 100% functional heroin addict and he could overdose and you would know what to do. Yeah, it's such a, it's so crazy though, because I feel like, Obviously, we've only talked about the physical part of drugs, but then if you look at it from a spiritual standpoint, it's crazy because I think people know more about drug addiction than they know about like spiritual unrest or like emotional problems. Like kid, kids know more about getting like don't do drugs, and they but they don't know like don't be stressed, or I don't oh, know. Hundred percent. And then weird. if you think about it, like. Like with the whole COVID thing, they didn't tell you to take vitamins. They told you to do this and that and wear a mask and stay six feet apart, but they didn't tell you to take vitamins and keep your body healthy. So it's the same thing in that aspect. Like we learn about the things that we shouldn't do, but we don't learn about the things that we should do to keep ourselves, our body and our spirits, our minds, everything like where it should be at. Dude, I, I agree completely because it but it's i'm scared to say that because first when you said covid i was like oh no he's talking about covid <laughs> it's, we i'm i'm tired of being to, we don't have no. to go on a covid tangent but I was no we have to example <laughs> i'm gonna go on such a hard covid tangent right now covid alex jones um and what's one more controversial thing i can say 
I will tell you this. I am the last person. I've heard the name Alex Jones, but I couldn't tell you. Like, I don't watch the news. I haven't watched you, the news. I, you, I keep myself out of it. I try to just stay in my own lane and live my life. And if it affects me, it affects me. So I've heard that name a thousand times, but I have no idea who he is. Okay, I'll catch you up in three sentences, and hopefully this doesn't end in a defamation lawsuit on the end of Idiot Mystic in three episodes. It's um, uh, <laughs> He was a conspiracy guy, and, like, I've been reading his stuff since I was a kid, probably since I was, like, 12. And really? it was such outlandish stuff. It seemed outlandish. And then he broke into him and his brother broke into Bohemian Grove, which is where uh, the politicians do this like yearly gathering, this like political like gathering where a bunch of like the Kennedys, Reagan's family, the Bushes, Obama, everyone goes there and they hang out. So he broke in and he filmed what they were doing and they were they do this weird ritual where they burn like a wooden effigy. It's called, dude, this is crazy. I'm glad we're talking about it. It's called the cremation of care, the the actual ceremony. And it's uh, apparently it's based on the owl god Moloch, M-O-L-O-C-H. And the I guess the place is called Bohemian Grove, but I guess Alex Jones broke into that and then he filmed that. So then over the years, he got more and more popular, like doing conspiracy stuff. But then a lot of the stuff he was saying turned out to be true. And now when I say that, I won't go into what, because he also said a lot of dumb stuff. Like after the Sandy Hook shooting happened, he said that it was I fake. Did, I did see that. That was, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And that's why I never looked into that guy anymore because. Yeah, that was insane. Because yeah. honestly, I even looked into it in the beginning because I'm like, wait, maybe there's like, maybe something happened. And then I'm like, no, obviously these children died. Like, what is this man saying? Yeah, and it just like there's certain cases where like crisis actors and stuff have been hired, but for something like that, dude, where a child lost their life, it, it was too have to deal yeah. with that. No. <laughs> yeah, it was too complicated. But but I mean, other things like the Vegas shooting, we should get into sometime because that was bizarre. The one at the country concert. Yeah, that was dude. That, right now, right? Yes, but that may, and it's crazy that they never solved it. They never figured it. They're like, yeah, this guy's just nuts, and did like one of the biggest shootings in history. And but, dude, the saddest part about all this is like, I feel like these things should happen so sparingly, like the shootings and stuff that we should know about all of them, but. I'm just so numb to them that it's like I hear a new one and I don't because there's so many of them. Do you know that's that's it's so horrible. true. It's kind of weird. It's like the the same thing as when like there's like a police brutality thing or like yeah, like right. a, a racial thing and you're like you say the wrong name and someone looks at you weird and you're like, No, I didn't want to say the wrong name. I just yeah. struggle to keep up with this level of suffering. Like I all, I also have people in my real life suffering. So then if you combine the, but Hey, apparently the aliens are here officially. Oh, I did see that yesterday. So um, I saw something about a guy saying he had proof about it. Did dude, you read anything more about it? 
they have i'm just gonna i feel like i should we'll be wrapping this episode up soon because i have to pick xander up from school but on the subject of aliens or i guess maybe they're not aliens i'm gonna say that i've been seeing that there's a harvard's former head of physics and stanford's current head of their immunology department well wait maybe he's not the head of the immunology department he's an immunologist from stanford and he's still employed by them gainfully (laughs) uh they've been on this like crazy like like oh it seems like a war path where they just appear on like fox news and cnn and all these mainstream networks and they're like yeah they're there's things that have been here longer than us. Like, we don't know what they are. Uh, and it's just, like, it's so bizarre because once it, like, kicks in, like, in, like, however many months, I don't know what we're supposed to talk about. Like, COVID seems actually stupid in retrospect if if the main, like, the main acad- academics of our, of Western society are coming out and, like, saying, like, oh, yeah, this is... I think they off-world vehicles, non-human intelligence, all these bizarre words. Like even like the Senate documents say non-human intelligence. So like it's like either it's like gremlins or I don't know. Can we we put an optimist twist on this? Okay. So here's the thing. What if the aliens are here because we're ruining the planet and they want to help us fix it? That's what everyone's saying. Oh, really? That's what, well, it's like, uh, it's, well, you're saying it in an optimist way, like they're going to help us. But I guess some people look at it as like a control mechanism. So like, it's like coming into play because we're getting messier and weirder. So, yeah, I wonder if that's, we only think that because the way we think is like, everybody wants something from you because that's how humans are. What if aliens are way ahead of us and they realize that it's just, you got to help each other out, man. Oh, (laughs) you know what? Actually that, that is, I guess that is the optimistic way of looking at it. And I, for some reason, I don't look at it like that, but that does make sense that if they were enlightened or that's, I shouldn't have used that word, but like, a con- their consciousness was more developed than ours or they were more like I guess they had I don't want to say ego death but maybe they ate more mushrooms than us as a species then maybe they would just want to help us out to be nice but then what all the government people that are appearing on TV are saying or the people who are contracted by them which obviously is a narrative so like I'm not saying I believe it but I'm just saying since I had to get the COVID vaccine and stuff the same people are saying that the things have been here and they're from earth and they're like, they come from under the ocean and they also come from outer space. And it's just like, it's so far fetched that I'm willing to accept it because I have to play along. And like, of course, like I got my vaccine. I did everything that I'm supposed to do. I pay my taxes, but it feels like now the things that they're asking me to accept are getting very outlandish yeah yep and i wonder how far that's gonna go 
Yeah, like we both paid taxes this year, unfortunately, and they they paid for a literal UAP task force. Like that's bizarre. That's so weird to say. Like that I'll be able to like die knowing that the the my meager lift earnings went towards like this this strange time in our lives where people are looking for well i guess apparently they've been looking for them for a long time and they've just been pretending like they haven't right but okay so for the next time we do this which firstly how many months have we been talking about recording a podcast uh, at least six yeah six months <laughs> It was way before you did the first episode. We'll say that. Yeah, way before. And then I tried to, I downloaded so many different things. And I've also been pacing. So I'm getting out of breath. I probably shouldn't yeah, pace. But we need like talking points from spoiled milk to heroin to aliens. So we, <laughs> we got to write some stuff down. Never. We we won't write stuff down. I will not succumb to this. Not we, like a we'll script, keep... but we just need some points. <laughs> but it's it's gonna happen. I think the reason I'm not too focused on points is because I'm gonna make sure everyone comes back on over and over. So it's gonna be like, what? Yeah, it's just just a long Discord chat. What if? What if this is like a weird like sitcom thing and it actually becomes your podcast and then I'm just on every third episode? Do you know that when I was a kid, I thought that my entire life was being filmed for a sitcom and I just didn't realize it? Why did you think this? That's just what was in my head when I was a child and I believed it until I was like 13. What? I thought there was like aliens or an alternate universe that was filming me. And it was like a live studio audience watching me and laughing at everything I did. I, I literally, I think I'm going to press the finish recording button now. And it's been another episode of Idiot Mystic. Dude, what did we just, that's what we're going to start the next episode with. I can't believe what? Bye, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Later, man.